All right, Anna, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, dude. Yeah, so uh, why don't you tell us more about the nature of your business? For sure. So I help people achieve their goals by helping them to shift their mindset. So essentially, <laughs> I love helping people live their purpose if they don't know what that is to help them discover it. And then once they do know what that is to really live it well, you know, with great health and abundance in all areas of their life. Mm -hmm. So when we say mm -hmm. shifting a mindset, what do you mean by that specifically? Yeah. So basically with all of our results, whatever is happening on the outside is a direct reflection of what's going on inside of us. And so if we don't really tend to that, Sometimes people can start spinning their wheels in um, outward action when really they have a set of beliefs that run the show, you know? So you can never outperform your beliefs or your self-image. And that's, that's exactly what I help people with. So it's the mindset. So if someone believes they can do something, then the chances are very good that they will. If they believe mm -hmm. they can't do something, they might not even start. They might not even try, you know, they might mm -hmm. not even admit to themselves something that they really want for their life. Mm -hmm. So yeah. seeing behaviors as a product of our internal world and our belief systems. And then what you would do, if I'm understanding correctly, is work on those belief systems be more in line with the kind of behaviors and outcomes that someone wants. Totally. Totally. It's, you know, with all of our results, about 95% uh, stems back to our mindset and only mm -hmm. about 5% is strategy, which was kind of a <laughs> mind altering concept for me when I, mm -hmm. you know, when I really understood that because it changed, it was a game changer for me. In your experience, what are some of the common blocks or barriers that you'd have to work them through? Yeah, so um, let's take someone who's maybe in their nine to five job, corporate job, and they've been doing it for a while, but they sort of have this fantasy and they, they dream of becoming an entrepreneur, going into business for themselves. So what I often see with that population is that... Um, they might just leave that dream of becoming an entrepreneur, just a dream, a fantasy, and they don't act on it because they don't, they have no idea how they're going to get there. Um, they've never done it. Maybe people in their family have never done it. And the message was, you know, go get a good job, corporate benefits. And mm -hmm. that's the belief system that they grew up with all their life. And so to break out of that is very um, challenging for a lot of people. It can be scary for a lot of people. So because of that, it can really hold people back from pursuing what it is that they would love to do. And that's not just with like the nine to five to entrepreneurial journey, but that's just an example of mm. that. And so um, I find that whenever someone is going for a big goal, it's the start that stops most people. Right? So they don't even let themselves dream big. They don't even let themselves admit, admit what they really, really want. And even if they do admit it, they might not even let themselves go for it unless they just, you know, that, um, that desire is so strong that it can override their limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So limiting beliefs, I, I hear that word kind of like here and there in different articles, a lot mm -hmm. of it in entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. uh, content out there. So what exactly do you mean when you say the word limiting belief? Anything that limits you from getting to the next level, right? So it could be, gosh, it could be something like, um, well, we've, we've never grown beyond 20% year after year. 
So, uh, wow, considering a 100% increase or um, a two times, three times, 10 times increase in growth or performance, they can't even imagine that they're kind of stuck on the 20% growth only. So that would be a limiting belief. Or mm -hmm. a limiting belief would be, um, oh, you know, you know when people talk about, well, they're so great at presentations, but I'm just not. You know, I, mm -hmm. I'm just not good at that. You know, they when they say this is the way I am or this is the way I've always been, I've always been kind of shy. I've I've always let someone else do the presentations or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I've always let someone else do the sales. I've always let um, someone else do the 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 writing. I'm just not good at that. So when you define yourself, mm -hmm. like I am not that way, or I've always been, it, that's, mm -hmm. that's a major limiting belief. It boxes you in so that you can never really outperform that. Right. Mm -hmm. But then when you, when you break down the, that box and that barrier and you decide, Hmm, well, for me to become, if it's an entrepreneur or take it to the next level, really scale up, I'm going to have to think very differently. I'm going to have to think and operate very differently from that box that I have been living mm. in and have created. So uh, uh, an idea that would shift that would be, well, I haven't done that yet, but I can figure it out. I haven't mm -hmm. done that yet, but let me learn about how to acquire those skills. I haven't done that yet. You know, I, I would love to double my business or income. I have no idea how to do that, but I know that that's what I want to do. So all of a sudden, you don't let your previous experience or your previous limiting beliefs hold you back from pursuing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And tell me more about your journey in, um, that brought you to where you are here. Like where, uh, when did you realize that this was the kind of uh, work that you really want to get involved with? And when did you realize that this was the business that you need to start to continue doing it? Yeah, that's a great question. So I had been practicing as a naturopathic doctor and I had opened up a clinic um, and I was seeing wonderful patients, helping them. And, you know, I, I really felt like I, I found my calling working with people, helping them with their health in a natural way. Um, and on the personal side, I, I was going through a pretty major shift. So I was going through a separation. I had a young daughter and um, we were just going through the motions of, okay, well, we've got to split up our assets, we've got to split up the house, we might even have to sell the, the clinic. And I, I caught myself one day thinking, wait a second, there's so much change going on. And even though it was fairly amicable as separations go, um, it was still very challenging. And I thought, well, I don't have a lot of family close by. Um, my neighbors, my, my school district for my daughter, this is my community, this is my family. So I, I don't wanna move. And so that new idea of, well, let's stay put in the house meant that, okay, well, somehow I'm gonna have to replace that second income. And I had no idea how I was gonna do it. It really scared me. Um, mm. But I, I actually did find a, a wonderful mortgage broker who helped with the financing, put it all together, which was great. But I actually wasn't replacing that second income fast enough. So I was in a very scary spot. And um, even though I was devouring all of the right books, podcasts, and videos, it just wasn't shifting for me in the way that I knew um, 
I could do like deep inside. I knew I could, but I just wasn't making it happen on my own. So what, what I ended up doing was reaching out to my mentor and got proper guidance and direction. Mm -hmm. And that's when everything shifted for me. I actually pulled out all of my money from my marketing budget and put it all into personal growth and development. And Mm -hmm. once I started to shift things on the inside, my outer reality completely transformed my business picked up to the level and it was so consistent it was like month after month after month of that new new level that um i thought okay well if i could do this for myself i would love to help other business owners do the same and so i ended up running my clinical practice and my consulting business in parallel for a while Um, Mm -hmm. and now now i've completely switched over to the coaching and the consulting just because i can help people with all sorts of goals in a much mm-hmm. deeper way. So that's, that's a little bit of my journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of these leadership uh, books I was reading, they talked about problems um, in, in kind of two major categories. I don't uh, remember exactly the terminology uh, that they labeled it as, but the definition would be one would be kind of like technical issues. These are things that we need to do differently uh, or change in order to, move forward or overcome the whatever issue we're facing. And then there's the other set of problems, which are the bulk of leadership issues, uh, not just in organizations, but everywhere in life, is we need to be different. We need to become different people in order to uh, move forward and um, solve issues or, um, or, or, or grow bigger or whatever kind of goals an organization or a person wants to deal with. And it sounds like what you're doing is very much paralleling a lot of what this Mm -hmm. um, leadership book was doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, one of the the interesting things that, you know, if I, if if I trace it back to my own experience as an entrepreneur was to invest pretty heavily into strategy. You know, I, I was, Mm -hmm. I definitely was interested in the business component of it and not all practitioners are, but I, I was because I knew that was the key to my success. So I invested heavily in, in marketing strategies and different programs and mentorship specific to that. And it, it was all very interesting and I, I really enjoyed it, but in terms of producing the results, it kind of fell flat. Right. And I was like, what is going on? Because it does make sense. But, um, the reason why it, it didn't yield the results was that, um, they were just simply missing the mindset component, which is, like I said, over 95% can be traced back to that. And so whether it's one person as a solo entrepreneur or a mega corporation, so it would be the the corporation's culture, which is just Mm -hmm. um, a collection of individual mindsets or paradigms, like um, that's the language that I use. But um, if, if you don't get to the, to the root cause of the results, which is that the culture, the, the mindset and grow that, mm-hmm. mm, the growth is going to be really incremental, if at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Language is really, really powerful because it's a reflection of how you see the world and operate. And so uh, this was something that was shared to me that was really, really helpful as I was going through, you know, the major changes in my life and business. And that is, if you have a small problem, 
you will have an equal and small opportunity or small solution. And so this, this actually, um, there's the law of polarity, which states that there's negative and positive in everything. So inherently, mm -hmm. everything is neutral. It's just how we perceive it that colors our experience or perception of it. So if we see something as negative or if we see something as toxic, that's what it'll be. But if, if there's a perceived challenge and, and it's... Um, it's a big one, there's a big challenge or a big problem, then if you were to flip it and look at the other polarity, there's an equal and opposite, uh, potentially huge solution or opportunity there. Mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. so if there is, is a major, and this, t this takes a lot of work, I mean, this is a, at a level of mastery, um, you know, when I, when I work with people for, for a while to, for them to just even wrap their minds around it. But once people do, once you start seeing everything as good, because there is good in everything, it just shifts everything. Mm -hmm. you know? Give me an so example if, that comes to mind yeah, of the yeah. love polarity and action of one of your clients. Wow. Um, there are so many. So let, let's take it down to a personal level because people, most people will be able to, to relate to this where um, I had a client that was going through a, a relationship shift and um, there was property involved and um, it was very, very challenging. The, the, the split was very, very challenging for them. And instead of um, getting sucked into what could be very, very negative and going in that downward spiral, what we did was we just kept focused on, okay, well, what is the good in the situation? And sometimes you have to really dig deep. Um, and I actually did this for myself personally as well is um, I got to a point where I was really grateful for the separation happening because what it showed me was that um, I'm capable of being strong and independent, that I was responsible for all of my results, that I couldn't anymore blame someone else for my happiness or for feeling lack of support, that it was me. So if I wanted to be happy, then I was responsible for my happiness. Um, and same with this client. And so we just kept working on that, working on that. So um, eventually they saw that the situation that was really challenging was actually a gift in disguise that um, it was showing them that they could be independent that they uh, were very resourceful and, and they collectively settled the, the property and um, everyone won in that situation and so it allowed them to, to dig pretty deep um, you know and, and then with at the company level an example would be uh, what might, I had a client or I have a client who, who is looking for a space, you know, a larger space to expand and nothing was seeming to go right with it. But then all of a sudden it seemed like it was out of the blue. It wasn't actually out of the blue. There was an opportunity to, um, go into a space that was much larger, was a better fit, was um, lower, you know, um, at a lower price point. So the, the initial challenge or the initial perceived challenge was, oh, the, the place that they originally wanted didn't seem like it was working out, even though they really wanted it. Along comes another one that was even, even bigger and better, right? So 
when when we get in the habit of okay what is the good heart what i call harvesting the good in any situation mm -hmm. we start to um become much more responsive instead of reactive so we just pause our initial like knee-jerk reaction and, and ask ourselves, well what's the good in this you know mm -hmm. So if someone is released from their, if they're fired from their job, they can ask themselves, so what's the good in this? You know, if they pause their knee-jerk reaction of, oh my gosh, this is devastating, this is horrible. If they ask themselves, well, what if it was great? What if this was an opportunity? Let me mm -hmm. find, find the good in this. So maybe it, it leads them into a position or them um, starting their own business that they've always wanted to or, or whatever, whatever it is. And we can do that with, with everything in our life. I just named a few examples here, but mm -hmm. it's a good way to live. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. something that's really interesting is pain is opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so seeing like, so an example of um, your client who was looking for that new piece of property. Well, mm -hmm. I'm sure the, there's a lot of reasons and a great deal of emotional attachment for why that first property uh, or the second or however Absolutely. many they went through was mm -hmm. just absolutely perfect. But then to be able to have the mindset of, okay, we didn't get this one, but you know what? We'll find a better one. We'll find a better one. That's right. We've uh, found multiple great properties so far. Mm -hmm. Didn't close on them and get, a, um, and, and get the ones we wanted. But it also means that there's a lot of other really good ones out there. Mm -hmm. right? And I'm just thinking for myself here, the, when I think about like toxic work environments and toxic work places, and in my experience, what that ultimately did was well i don't actually have i realized i don't actually have to be here that's right i could just go anywhere i just go somewhere else i'm not going to die i'm not going to starve but then yeah. there was this really interesting um kind of like time period where i felt like literally if i left and i didn't have that income coming in uh my life is over like i'm dead i'm going to be homeless yeah let's talk about that because that that that's a profound shift that you went through david like you went from operating out of severe fear right mm -hmm. and not even realizing that you had options to really understanding that you do that it's a choice for you to be there right and that you could continue to choose to be there or you could choose something else for yourself and that is huge mm -hmm. that's so empowering yeah. Yeah. And I think like part of the, the reasons why I was in that almost like a scarcity mindset and this defensive mindset of, of fearing that if I, if I leave, I'm going to die is it was my first job out of university. Mm. So, you know, that, what that weird trap that like 20 something year olds are in where uh, you need five to six experience, six years of experience for an entry level job that pays basically less than an intern. And then after, so when I was able to finally find a job that was employing me full time, I felt like, okay, I'm stuck here for X amount of time or else no one else will ever hire me. And the reality is that's just not true. That's not true. That's, that's a great example of a limiting belief, right? Mm -hmm. Right. If you work with a certain assumption, then, I mean, who knows, you could have stayed there for six years, mm -hmm. right? Totally unhappy. So so that's the power of really shifting at the belief level. Because whatever you believe will be true for you. Whatever mm -hmm. you believe is true for you. So if you really, if that's all, if that's all you or anyone listening to this takes, I, I encourage people to write that down <laughs> all over the place. Whatever I believe is true for me. 
then if you want something different, you shift what you believe. You shift what your assumptions are. Now, where do you draw the line between shifting a belief to yes. align with our goals and just insanity? Well, insanity is doing something like over and over expecting different results. Or sorry, be, being delusional. Um, there, okay. there are, I guess like I'm actually studying counseling right now. And um, some, one of the words that we'll use would be like grandiosity or delusions of grandiosity. Mm -hmm. So uh, some people, uh, you, you kind of hear this a lot in like uh, the rap community where people talk about, like, yo, I'm going to be this big, have this much money mm -hmm. and get all these albums, all these rewards. And there's a lot of like grandiose delusions of self and self-worth mm -hmm. and what they're all about. And of course the behaviors don't necessarily map to that. And the reality isn't necessarily there. So there is the beliefs and what we hope to be true and want to be true and the actions that we do to work towards there. And then there are some that like, okay, that's just a little bit delusional there. Where, where's the line between ambition, goals, and delusion? So you, if you take a look at any, anyone, I just, um, I was reminded of Jim Carrey. Do you know the Jim Carrey story where he wrote himself a check for $10 million? I vaguely uh, well, yeah. recall that. I, mean, I think I saw a video somewhere. Carrie or Oprah or like, yeah, there's so many examples of people who have done remarkable things, started from nothing, right? So maybe maybe most of the world would have called them delusional and that's fine. But what what other people think of you is none of your business. Mm -hmm. So if you are, if you hold strong to that, if you stay steady with that and hold to your vision, and when you know how to get an idea from just the dream state mm -hmm. into really impressing it into your subconscious mind or the mindset, the 95%, and that's the space. Like that's, that's where most people get tripped up is they don't know how to take an idea from the fantasy state, from the, the conscious mind, right into the deep subconscious mind where all of our results come from pretty much all of the results. So that's the space that I work in because we might uh, have read books or watched videos and podcasts and things, but people don't really know how to get that idea really impressed into the mindset and the subconscious mind. And, and a lot of times people don't know how to shift it on their own. In fact, mm -hmm. my mentor will say um, he's, he's never known anyone to shift their mindset or their paradigm on their own. So that's why mentorship guidance support is really, really important. And so once, once you really embed an idea into the mindset, into the subconscious, then your, your body moves into the required necessary action, right? Of course, action is very important, but what a lot of people, they make the mistake of going into empty action and like, heavy, heavy action, 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 action without changing anything of, of what their belief is. So if their belief or their assumption is, well, it's never going to work out, but I'm going to go into this action, but you know, I, I don't believe that it's ever going to work out. Then their assumption is much more powerful than the action. So this is where you might have people with grandiose ideas or the rappers or, you know, saying all these incredible things. And some of those, a, a very small minority of those people you know, when they know how to really um, take an idea into 
their subconscious mind, those are the people who are going to make it happen. Those are the people who win. Those are the people who say, who say like incredible things and then they make it happen. You know, whether it's like creating smartphones or airplanes or rocket ships or whatever, a mega business, it all comes down to that ability to do that. And some people who are successful, they're actually not aware. They're not conscious of how they've done it. So mm -hmm. if they were to try to do it again, it's, um, it's not as repeatable. So we call those people unconscious competence. But what I love mm -hmm. for everyone to become is to become a conscious competence. So I could show you exactly how to, if you tell me what it is that you want, it could be incredibly big. You know, we, uh, when I work with, with my clients, I encourage them to go for a, what I call a C-type goal. And if any of your listeners are interested, interested they can check out a, a free training masterclass at nanajakura.com and they'll learn more about the different ABCs of goals. But a, I'll do a quick summary here. A-type goals are something that you already know how to do. Like an accountant doing an accounting job, just wanting to switch firms. Same mm -hmm. job, but it's just, you know, it's a sideways move. No growth in that. That's, they already know how to do that. A B-type goal is something you think you can do. You, you know, you, you want to do it. You think you can do it. You haven't done it yet. But if this works out, that works out. We just, you know, work with this. Yeah, they think they can do it. So like the side hustle. Yeah, I think I'll try some photography to supplement my income. Yeah, um, I haven't done it before, but it seems kind of interesting. Before, seems interesting. Um, and yeah, maybe I'd like to earn, you know, a few thousand dollars extra, right? Okay, so that would be people. a B-type. That would be a B-type goal. Um, let's take the photographer at a C-type goal. This is what mm -hmm. they really want. Uh, they don't know how they're going to get there. They have no clue how they're going to get there, but they know they would really want, you know, they'd love that. So this would be the photographer who wants to be um, full-time with the National Geographic or, you know, like mm -hmm. to totally, it's not a side hustle. It's their full-time gig. They're earning whatever it is that they want. And that for them might be a C-type goal. Mm -hmm. And so you really want it. You don't know how you're going to get there exactly. You might know the next obvious step, but not the, you know, 10 or 100 steps that follow. And it also will probably terrify you and scare you. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I, I actually work with my clients, whether it's companies or individuals with their C type goal. Mm -hmm. And most people would, you know, most people aren't used to thinking like that. So they might label it as delusional, but I label that as the only thing that's going to allow you to break your old habits of your old mindset and belief system. Because mm -hmm. if it's not something big enough, what happens if people just settle on a B-type goal, if it gets tough, you know, that, that mm -hmm. side hustle photographer, oh, if it just gets tough or they get rejected. They well, it's just, just a side hustle to begin with, so it's not right. a big loss. So, yeah, and, and they're just kind of comfortable in their cushy job. So they might just go right back to safety and bondage, which is the A-type. They'll just go to what they know mm -hmm. instead of stretching and growing, which is the the purpose of a goal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how about the utility of using, say, a B-type goal as a way to transition into a C-type? Just want to dabble into yeah, some side I, things for now, and then maybe uh -huh. if it works out, I'll, I'll no, scale it bigger. Not going to work. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the reason why, David, is that it's uninspired, right? So this is, this is what... Um, people do is they, they like to play it safe, uh, realistic, those terms. I just am 
not a fan of. I like you know, mm-hmm. having people park those at the door <laughs> when they start working with me because, um, and it's okay to have B type goals. It is, but in the context on the way to a C goal, which is different, okay. right? It's, it's yeah. a little bit different from what you suggested, which is, well, let me just get, let me just try and dabble with B. I don't know if I can even let myself want C for right now. I'll just go with B, but then, you know, there are going to be some challenges along the way mm-hmm. and um, it can really knock people off course. Like it's not going to be enough to really make a significant shift at the mindset level and then ultimately at the results level. So what I recommend for everyone listening is you go for, you pick your seagull mm-hmm. and it might take a process of discovery, but once you discover it, you know what that is. And then you can map out beagles along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, then you can, you know, they're going to be the milestone goals or base camp goals on your way to the top, on, on your way to the summit. Mm-hmm. So those are very useful for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Now, when coming up with a C type goal, should they be broad or, or specific? Um, a goal is going to be measurable. So once you achieve it, you know, when, when it is specific, could be um, the number of people you're going to impact, the number mm-hmm. of dollars you're going to generate revenue. Um, it will be specific or, mm-hmm. you know, for some people it might be a goal to own five properties, right? So that's, that's very specific and you'll know when you've hit them, you, you'll know when you've achieved them. If it's broad, that, that ties in more with someone's purpose, right? So your purpose is why you get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. This is what really lights you up. Um, your vision, which is a little bit different than the purpose, your vision is going to be uh, the picture of what it's going to be like to, to live your purpose um, in all aspects. You know, it's the image of like, what's your, your health like? Where are you living? Who are you living with? Who are you enjoying your time with? How are you enjoying your time? What kind of contribution are you making? Um, what does your company or work look like? Those kind of details. And then a goal is a chunk out of your vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the goal would be take the vision and start breaking it down into manageable chunks in, and start working towards those base camps that you mentioned to climb yeah. to the peak of that mountain, yeah. which would be the C type goal. C goal. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. You got it. Yeah. Okay. And that option... <laughs> stupid thought when you're saying that I was like okay this reminds me of that really popular kind of internet meme question that was going around a few years ago where would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses (laughs) I'm just trying to get a picture of that in my mind yeah um a horse one horse-sized duck so basically one or like lots of small yeah swarm of little duck-sized horses no are they all running around everywhere (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I've always felt that the uh, the answer to that question is a um, hundred duck-sized horses because then you're reducing whatever like mm-hmm. you're taking on a problem and you're reducing them into manageable individual bits mm-hmm. versus taking on something like duck, a duck uh, that's like horse size would be really scary. It could fly, it could <laughs> swim, it could run on land. <laughs> Have you seen what a duck can do to like a caterpillar? And if it was horse size, I'd be like caterpillar size i mean it's not pretty yeah yeah no i hear what you're saying it's just we don't want to um we want to make i want to make sure people 
uh, put it all in, in context, right? So it's not mm -hmm. just the one, I forget, are we going for the duck or the horse? Just the one small thing and stopping there, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the traps that most people fall into. And it, um, it breaks my heart because, <laughs> because they, they, they ultimately stay stuck, right? So if they're playing small at the A or B level and they mm -hmm. don't see beyond, so yeah. Yeah. A and B is just a means to your ultimate end, which would be C. Exactly. But you want to lock on to C. You want to mm -hmm. know where you're going. Yeah. yeah. Right from the get-go, you intended for the C-type goal. And then totally. the A and B is just those yeah. are steps. Versus, let's just start with an A, and then yeah. maybe we'll no. do a B. No. And people then maybe... no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people rarely progress out of it. Because mm -hmm. there's so much fear, right? Like, it's we're not really taught as kids to... I mean, I think there's lip service, Pete, you know, oh, you can grow up to be anything you want, but, um, but you should really get a corporate job with good benefits. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> so it, it's, it's mixed messages. And um, I feel in our education as young people and, and even, you know, higher education, we're not really taught how to tap into our, are amazing mental faculties like imagination, mm -hmm. reason, will, um, memory. We do. That's that's maybe the only one really. But perception and intuition. Yeah. All of those mental faculties are, are are the key to us us bringing much more of ourselves yeah. to the party, right? And tap, really, really digging in and tapping into our potential. So. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that, uh, the, the educational, modern educational system. I mean, that's something I really love to criticize because it's what you describe is actually by design. So during the time of the industrial revolution, when people shifted from an agrarian and kind of an artisan based society, um, they, the people who were the most powerful would have been the factory owners. And what they were lacking were people who are smart enough to follow instructions and to repeat a set, certain set of tasks um, basically indefinitely. And they also needed people who could be kind of like cogs to machine because this was like the age of machinery and interchangeable mm -hmm. parts. So then what they, so by working with the government, creating a school system, which think about it, you have the cafeteria where everyone's lining up, you're sitting in a box going through standardized procedures with a foreman or your teacher, and then a bell rings and everyone gets up and they're conditioned behaviorally to just uh, do what they're told. And if you don't measure up uh, based on grades on mm -hmm. an approved set of standards, then you're cut out or you're doomed to repeat it or you have essentially no place in the uh, intended output of these educational systems. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing that like, I mean, there, there is utility to that for the people who own the factories and the people who own, uh, I mean, eventually when we developed into a knowledge society, uh, then it was go to college because then now you develop a different set of skill sets mm -hmm. once you learn to follow instructions from high school so that you can do accounting or legal work or engineering work for even bigger corporations. And, but before that, before the transition into this kind of industrialized um, society, people would have been more of like a mentorship type situation. You have a master and an apprentice. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to be a shoemaker, I would follow a master shoemaker, whether that's a relative, uh, my own um, parents, typically like my father or something like that, or someone out there who is a master shoemaker that I can follow until I, level up to a, a place where I can create a masterpiece mm -hmm. and then present that towards uh, a society of other fellow masters and then become one and then take on my own apprentice. So mm -hmm. that's what you're describing about finding a mentor 
having a mindset shift and not doing it ourselves, it seems, it just sounds more in line with how most human beings have operated for the larger part of society until the very recent changes in, in this whole, um, in, into what we're doing now into just almost like producing wholesale people. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a really interesting perspective. I mean, I think if you look at a situation and you don't prefer it, then I am a fan of focusing all of my attention and energy toward creating what it is I do want. So if it's a new model that I do want to create, let's, let's put all our energy and attention to that. Right. So, because mm-hmm. different systems, different models serve their purpose. And um, the more we create what it is that we want to see in the world, then th- there's this, this um, synergistic effect that, that happens. Um, and yes, the, the mentorship model, I mean, it's, it, it will date back to the shoemakers uh, for sure. Um, and I think it's especially important in this time because there's so much information out there that it can be really overwhelming. And I speak from personal experience. I mean, I was a self-help book video junkie, like really, I mean, Mm -hmm. I still, I still love all my books, but now, um, through guidance and mentorship, I know how to assimilate it and use the information, not just consume it, you Mm -hmm. know, but really, really understand how to implement and then act and then create results based on it so i think um that's i mean you you see it a lot it's a it's a huge industry um but being really selective in who you work with so someone obviously that resonates with you someone who can explain potentially big concepts complicated complex ideas and reduce it down so that it's very simple, easy to understand, is I think is really, really important. And I actually wrote a book called Your Healthy Success, and it talks about some of those, uh, men- well, it talks about the mental faculties that I mentioned and the ABCs of goals. And I believe the highest compliment that I could be paid is that actually a few of my clients said, said this very recently, they're just really loving it. And they said, you know, it, it's like you're able to communicate all of these amazing ideas from classics like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. But what you've done is you've updated it. So it's this modern take and it's super simple. And my client was like really careful not, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not in a negative way at all. It's fantastic that it's so simple and easy to understand because then it stays with him, you know, then mm-hmm. he acts on it, then it's there, it's like burned into his mind. And so um, that was a really high compliment for sure. Yeah. I really, Simplicity is hard to accomplish. It is, it really is. really easy to make things complicated. Anyone who's tried to build a website knows that. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you could, if you had to redo everything over again, uh-huh. what would you do different this time? Like, what do you mean everything, Dave? Like, business-wise or my life? Um, Let's say business. Yeah, for business. Everything in your business, you had to just start from scratch. What would you do different this time? That's a good question. I 
I'm grateful for everything. So I actually don't have any regrets because every piece of it, every part was huge learning opportunity. Um, but I did invest a lot in marketing before really understanding that the results come from within me because the, there's a different there's a couple different ways that you can go about marketing where you're really solid and you're building on a foundation and it's it's an expression of your deeper message and what you're communicating what you're about and you're coming from a place of um, of abundance but in the early days you sort of scramble and you're like oh my gosh i just need marketing i just need more people to know about what i'm doing and it's like uh shifting all of your power to something outside of you so the mm -hmm. marketing firm or the advertising budget and you sort of you know i found that for some pieces i was throwing money at something which uh you know if i knew that working with a system mentorship and support if those three pillars of sh shifting the mindset uh, if I knew about that earlier on, I would have invested heavily right away into my own personal growth mm -hmm. and really getting the, the, the foundation of knowing exactly how to shift the mindset. Because once you know that, you can shift it again and again and again for any desired outcome and goal, right? So. Mm -hmm. I, that's what I would do, but it, it took me, it took me a few years in, um, and it took a lot of struggle and pain before I realized that I needed that help. And then once I got it, everything changed for me. So I'm grateful. Um, and uh, you know, I don't say that I don't regret it because now I know exactly what, you know, a, a younger business owner would be going through and I can guide them through and you know, I can say, Oh yeah, I made those mistakes too. Mm -hmm. So maybe that, mm -hmm. yeah. but I'm so grateful for, for every step of the way. So I really, yeah, I, 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 lo I have loved it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So if our viewers want to get in contact with you uh, or learn more about what it is that you do, uh, where can they reach at? I would tell them to go to nanajokura.com, N-A-N-A-J-O-K-U-R-A.com. Um, if they wanted to pick up a copy of my book, then it's available on Amazon. So they would just look up my name and your healthy success, your healthy success, um, or they could go to yourhealthysuccess.com actually, and they can get all the, the bonuses with the book. Um, mm -hmm. So what they do is they get the book and then come back to my website and enjoy those bonuses. Um, and on my main website, there, there will usually be a free training or masterclass so that people can, can start thinking about what it is they want. You know, I, I mm -hmm. guide them through and it's, it's a great training. So that's what I'd recommend. And then Let's if they right. wanted to get in touch, uh, they could just send me an email, info at anajakura.com with any, any questions. I'm really happy to help anyone in any way that I can. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. All that's going to get edited on the screen. Perfect. Thanks for coming on the show. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. That's all for this interview. So don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification bell to stay up to date with the different interviews that we have with more business owners.